The Daniel White Show is proudly sponsored by Lucky House MFG. Lucky House is an eco-friendly screen printing and design studio with over 10 years of experience in the industry. They offer high-quality custom printing services, including apparel printing, graphic design, promo goods, and embroidery. Visit www.luckyhousemfg.com to get a quote and to learn more. How's it going? Going well, man. How are you? Not bad for a Monday. Dude, it's a Monday, and you're, we're at your workplace, which is sick. <laughs> yes. You work 24-7, <laughs> which is awesome during, uh, we're still in COVID season, so this is another COVID episode. Um, but yeah, we have uh, Andrew here, and this is the first, this is the first, uh, no, first, this is the second musician I'm talking to, which is super sick. I'm super excited. Um, but yeah, we're going to dive into it. You just came out with an amazing album um, under the name Agents. Slate Tapes is out. We'll talk about that a little bit later, but uh, we'll get it some well-rounded. We'll get well-rounded with you first, but we're going to do an um, um, icebreaker question. Let's do it. Let's do it. And you want the orange pack? Orange pack. So I'm going to read it, and I haven't seen this question either. So this is going to be amazing. Okay, so if for the rest of your life you had to wake up every morning to one song playing in your head, which song would you choose? Oh, that's pretty easy, actually. That uh, Nelson song, gotta get up, duh, 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 duh. that catchy ass old song. It's just, it's a good like, I don't know. It's just catchy. It puts you in a good mood. So like straight, straight up, you like, okay, I got some Nelson in my head. I'm good to go. Some Nelson, yeah. Dude, that's a hard. You answered it so quick. Oh my gosh. Yeah, I have that vinyl queued up all the time. I'll like put just that song on sometimes in the morning if I'm feeling grouchy, which is often. So. Oh dang it, Andrew! You're supposed to, you're supposed to think on it a little for a second. You already knew it. Okay, okay. You know what? Does it pass fail? <laughs> It was a fail, fail, Andrew. <laughs> you answered it too fast. Okay, so if I had to wake up to any song, honestly, me being an instrumental, you know, fan, fanboy, um, I would definitely say "Quiet" but this will destroy you because I think that song is just phenomenal. It fits every mood, and it just uh, I don't know, it makes me think, which I love. So um, yeah, this will destroy you for sure. "Quiet." If I had to pick an instrumental song to okay, wake so up now to we're every talking, morning, okay, if you want okay. to get deeper. I guess this would count The Architect by Arms and Sleepers. That's Ooh. a really good moody morning song. Dude, Arms and Sleepers. Dude, I might have to I'm write that down actually while we're doing this. Arms and Sleepers, Architect. Okay. Dude, heck yeah. Okay. Now, that's an oldie but a goodie. Arms and Sleepers. Okay. Now, okay. now you dance me. I'm going to do one that's okay. I'm going to do one with, uh, a band with, uh, with vocals. Um, gosh, that's so hard. Um... I want to do Mike and Romance's Ghost of You. I want to do that one. That's nice. a, I think that whole record is just phenomenal, but that Ghost of You is just ridiculous. I don't know if I've ever heard that song. Dude, you should. I want to, I'm going to play it for you when we're, we're done with this. Okay. That band, of course, MCR. You've heard MCR. Oh, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, I know the, the one record everybody knows. Yeah, Three Cheers. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. yeah. It's that on one. that record. Yeah. It's on that record? Yeah. Then I've yeah. heard it. Okay. Yeah, you probably, when I play it's just it for been you, a minute. You, yeah. yeah, it's just been like, I guess, what, 15 years now, if not more? Yeah, it's probably about how long it's been since I've heard that record. <laughs> but yeah, so let's dive into the music. Of course, uh, I just said he came up with a great record. He's a guitarist and songwriter. Um, 
in agents. But we're gonna dive back and go back in time and talk about when you first even got into music, and then we'll talk about the new record. Sure. Cool. So let's do it. So yeah, tell us where you're from, and then how you even got into music. Yeah. So well, I'm from I guess you could say I'm from Richmond, Virginia. It's where I was born. Yeah. Two months after that, my dad, who got out of the Navy for a year, jumped back in. So then we moved. So oh. I was in Richmond for outside Richmond for two months. Next thing I know, I'm in Rhode Island. Lived there until I was five. Then he got transferred to New Orleans, where I lived until I was in high school. Oh, my God. And then back to Virginia. <laughs> and, yeah, so I kind of did a weird uh, northern, southern, east coast thing. So you're a little army brat. Navy brat. Navy brat, yeah. yeah Navy brat, yeah. yeah. That's, that's nuts, dude. Was it? Were you able to kind of adapt to your, all the moves? Yeah. So that's probably why I moved so well and meet exactly. people easily, because I've done it a lot. But then, yeah, in high school, I lived in Virginia. Um for those years and I was in Hampton, Virginia like ninth grade, 10th grade then in the middle of nowhere called Warsaw, Virginia for 11th and 12th grade it's where my parents are from Wow! it's like all farms and boredom so <laughs> like, everybody that graduates and leaves never comes back unless they're trying to like retire there or something retire in Warsaw a lot of people retire there from D.C. it's just like all a bunch of old people old people kind of quiet it's on the water so it's just a lot of like you know people with docks and boats and jet skis and that oh my thing. god a vacation place. seafood crabs dude yeah. that sounds amazing it's, it's all right where are your parents now are they there they still live there still, yeah. <laughs> so there's a reason to go retired back. <laughs> yeah i go back every once in a while yeah yeah like once or twice a year dude heck yeah like christmas thanksgiving or something yeah yeah but then i uh talked how did i get into music then i went to college at uh this i don't know if i want to say it. it's embarrassing but i went to liberty university i was gonna say <laughs> yeah <laughs> In uh, 1999, not to give away my age, but uh, I was a freshman in 90. I was class in 99, so I'm old, old soul here. Yes. But I uh, went to Liberty only because, like, my options were Liberty or Community College because I was got in a lot of trouble in high school, so that's all my dad would pay for. So really? Like, he's like, you can pay. I'll pay to go to Community College or I'll pay for you to go to Liberty because Liberty had a lot of rules. So I guess he thought I'd... I heard about those rules, yes. Yeah. But then I got there and Alex already kind of mellowed out because I did everything I wanted to try in high school. So when I got to college, it wasn't like... You went in crazy drinking. I was just like, no, that's kind of how I got into the music scene. I just like wanted to find something else. I started going to like local shows. And I started like... I think one of the first local shows I went to was like old tooth and nail bands. Like I saw this old punk band called Goaty Hook. Dude, hell yeah. Um, actually one of the first bands I saw was like Beloved, but like early, early that first record. I don't yes. remember what that one before the running EP, whatever that oh, was. Oh before running? Ooh. Yeah, that I don't know. they were playing those songs, like super old school. Shout out to Beloved. Yeah. Actually one of the first shows I ever booked was Beloved in a coffee shop in downtown Lynchburg. Really? Yeah. <laughs> So I've got awesome. some crazy stories about that kind of stuff. One, and actually, another one of the local shows I booked was Further Seems Forever. Yes. And they, they were so new, it was like they were like $200 for the show. It was like nothing. Like, Dude. It was amazing. It's a Dude, great like, time. Like, then it was like, oh, that sounds great. Let's do it. But yeah, so I started going to like local shows and then yeah. just get, got into music. I met some cool guys at, at college, actually, from all over the country. You know, I met yeah. another guy that. Same name as you, named Daniel White. Like <laughs> yeah, one of my, like, yeah. yeah, from Virginia, one of my best friends. He was booking shows. He was managing bands. So, like, he kind of, like, showed me a lot of stuff. So he was a year behind me, but we were pretty much came up at the same time. And same scene, yeah, yeah. Yeah, same time, same scene. But I met these guys early on um, my sophomore year. They were starting a metal band. Okay. okay. Um, became my roommates. They are in this metal band called Winter Solstice. And they kind of blew up, got on uh, Metal Blade Records. With, That's it. As I lay dying, uh, singer, 
whatever your opinion is on him. But anyway, yeah. he did vocals on their <laughs> on their record, and like they were blowing up. So I went on a few like smaller like East Coast tours with them, kind of like doing Sick. management stuff, and that's kind of how I kind of got into that side. But I didn't play music like live or was never in a band early on mostly because i had terrible stage fright and also i was around all these metal guys and like i could never like shred like that didn't even try because it's just like no i never had that that's just not how i write music that's just not where i i I mean i love it i respect the hell out of it but it's not something that i could do so i just kind of always just played on my own and kind of did my own thing for many years and then i got into like booking shows Gotcha, in Southern Virginia. In, yeah, in Lynchburg. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I got into booking a lot of shows and doing that for many years, and then I just kind of like took a break. It's like a long, long break. Yes. Yeah. From booking shows. From but, booking shows. But and, you, were you kind of playing like so, to yourself back then? Or you I was, yeah, so I was like just writing in my house and just going to shows and just working a lot and just kind of took a big step away from all that. Mm-hmm. Kind of got out of the hardcore metal scene. Mm-hmm. I always tell people I'm retired from going to metal hardcore. shows. But I've just seen, like, I've seen every band that I ever wanted to see and, like, everything that's new. Sorry, I just don't think it's as good as hey, the older stuff. Nothing wrong with that. But, yeah, I just remember, like, at a VFW Hall in Buena Vista, Virginia, middle of nowhere, I remember seeing, like, Atreyu, Darkest Hour, Under Oath, all these bands and the, before they all blew up and so you get to see them in a place with like 30 40 kids like it doesn't touch it like, compared to like a big show i just like the smaller shows Small shows are way more intimate and obviously i don't know you may way, way, way more in touch with the bands absolutely so under the back then early 2000s you said mm-hmm. dude i would kill to see that's like changing the times yeah it that's was like that. oh my gosh yeah. i would have loved to see that band back then yeah. it would probably never happen yeah. Like me seeing them play those, those songs. I saw like, a lot of old school under us shows. I remember another time I saw it. It was actually in North Carolina, at Statesville, at the Upper Room, I think is what it was called. Okay. And they had like basement shows, and it was Under Oath, Beloved, The Ludacris, before they changed their name to Norma Jean. Jean. Yeah. And I, I don't remember who else was on that. Those are the three main ones. Jesus and there were like Christ. 20 kids there total. It was like nobody at this show, and it's like. Dude, that nowadays if that lineup happened, packed. it'd sell out in like a half hour. Like it would, in no time. Damn. So you took a break from booking shows. Yeah. Um, and then you got you were playing music kind of to yourself and writing yep. stuff. And in that break, did you start kind of like getting bands together or to play? So that break, no. You... So that break happened in two thousand five ish, mm. and I didn't start my first band until two thousand eleven. Wow, so you were just writing to yourself for yeah. six I never started years. a band until I was 30 years old. No crap. I didn't play live music or do anything until I was about 30. Until you were 30 years old. Yeah, stage fright, like big time. And then Dude. I started like doing a lot of like looping stuff. And like I played a couple like open mic things just to myself. And then I met people that were like, hey, you should do a band. So then I started a little three-piece. Played like two shows with that and then... Kind of just kind of fizzled quick, you know. Some of that stuff I, that happens here all the time. But it kind of gave me that whole confidence to maybe keep trying it. And then I met this kid, Billy. Oh, what's Billy's last name? I don't remember now. But Billy, uh, he he came back. He was touring uh, with this I forget, the anchor in Braille. It's the singer from Amberlynn's side project. Yes. He spent all yes. summer as his drummer on tour and he came back to town and that's when I met him and he was like oh you play guitar we should mess around I was like sure and I'm like I don't know why this guy wants to play music with me he's never seen me play but why not so I went over to his house one day and then three or four hours we wrote like five songs it just like really just came out really quick and he's like we should do a show 
And I was like, Ooh. okay, let's do a show. Okay, okay. And so there was a small record store some friends of mine owned at the time called Speaker Tree, and we booked a show there with another friend's band. And I get on stage, and it's like packed out. There's like 100 kids like <laughs> packed into this place. And here I am with me and Billy, this two-piece band, and I'm like, let's just let's do it. And so we played it. And it was like really well received. And it was like a big confidence boost for me. Yeah. And that's kind of when the I, st- I needed a name for a band. So I was like, I need a one word title. So that's where Bombardier came from. Bombardier. Yeah, originally Bombardier came from just me and Billy playing. Then Billy moved to Nashville. He does like studio session work and like super talented drummer. Yeah. I was like, I want to keep going. So then I put an ad on Craigslist back in the day, like the musician <laughs> Craigslist page. I was like, yes. I need to meet some people. <laughs> And I'm always hesitant to talk about Craigslist, and I'll t- get to that story next. But uh, yeah, so I met Josh, who was bass player in Bombardier and Old Faith, and pretty much him and I played together the whole time until he moved to New York about a year ago. Mm-hmm. Uh, met Josh on Craigslist, became one of my best friends. He just moved here from Indiana to teach college. He was a college professor and wanted to do music on the side. That kind of clicked. I met um, a drummer on Craigslist, and then we got another guitarist that was a friend of a friend. And that's when we uh, solidified that lineup and wrote the music that was the first EP that we put out, which is You Don't Know How Lucky You Are. Oh, Short title. My God. And was that instrumental too? That's instrumental too. So question. So back up a little bit. So why instrumental music? Why, 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 why that genre? Yes, that's a good question. So when I played that a couple of shows, I was doing vocals on some of my stuff originally. No crap. But like, I hate the way my voice sounds and I feel like I'm a weak singer. Yeah. And I also didn't want to just find someone to do vocals. So it kind of started as instrumental because we just liked it. We just liked the way that sounded and not having that extra piece added. And then it just kind of grew from there. But also a lot of my favorite bands at that time were all instrumental bands. Like really? Appleseed Cast. Sick. I mean, they sing some, but sometimes they don't. And then you know, Explosions in the Sky. Of and this will destroy you. And Mogwai has been a huge oh. band of mine for years. So there's all the stuff I was listening to back then. Album Leaf, like... Dude, album leaf. Oh my god. Yeah. That took me back. Yes. Yeah. That, so amazing. Yeah. So that's kind of the, like one of the main reasons. I just that's just where I was at. That's what I was into. So it kind of just came out of that. I love that. I was wondering because instrumental music, I think, it fits every mood that you can be in ever. So I was wondering if maybe that's why. You know. You yeah, and that's the other side of it for me. I like to be able to express an emotion without vocals mm-hmm. and see if people can pick up on what I'm trying to say with the music. Yeah. 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 Absolutely. So, back to Bombardier. So, yeah. I mean, find, I'll find, find everyone off Craigslist, which is insane to me. <laughs> Different time period. It worked back then. <laughs> but we played a show. Yeah, so we played a show um, in the V Club in Huntington, West Virginia. That was probably, like, the first, like, legit touring rock venue. Mm-hmm. Like, maybe the night after we were there, like, Bam Margera was coming through with his crew. What? And, like, tons of touring bands go through there. It's, like, the first time I was, like, on stage and mic'd and all of this stuff. But Josh, our bass player, actually went to Marshall there uh, for his oh, undergrad, yeah, and yeah. he's from nearby, so he was like, oh, we're going to be in the Marshall paper, and he did an interview, and he talked about Craigslist briefly in the interview, but the person interviewing just ran with it, and so we get the paper, and we get to town and see the article, and it's like, um, former college student make, uh, makes band off Craigslist, or something was how he like started the whole, and the whole article was just about how this band started on Craigslist, and we're like... That's not what we want to be, be known for. And so that's why I always hesitate to like oh my talk God. about Craigslist. Starts on Craigslist. Yeah. I mean, you're like, no. Yeah, I'm like, please stop. Jeez. Please. Okay, so obviously you're still in Virginia at this point. Yeah. Um, 
So tell us the transition of that band. So how was it? Was the writing process good with them? Did did it go like you wanted when you write those records or, or those EPs? Yeah, so those EPs, like the first EP, it's kind of like both EPs actually were, I'll usually come up with like a song, like I'll write like a structure of a song and then everybody kind of would get together and we'd and flesh out their own parts. I never really wanted to say, you write this or here's a part I wrote for you. I kind of let everybody find their own parts within the song structure that I was writing. Gotcha. But I always felt like doing it that way, we kept a certain sound. Gotcha. It yeah. kept it all flowed. Everything well. had a continuity to it. Like yes. every track has a similar feel or vibe because it, the way the writing was, I was writing the majority of the songs. Right, right. Same so, thing with the new project. That's just kind of how yeah, I like to do yeah. it. Yeah, so being on that, like as you're, we're talking about agents a bit later, of course, but when you're writing songs by yourself, what kind of motivates you to get sounds you want, the writing leads and all that? How do you, how do you write? So, it's kind of, my process is kind of weird. It's like, I won't touch my guitar for weeks at a time sometimes. Yeah. Just look at it, and I'm like, like I'm mad at it, and I'm like, you just sit in the corner. And then sometimes I'll just pick it up, and I'll just write, like, three or four songs in a day. Wow. And then I won't write again for a long time. Like, the Agents record I wrote really quickly. The Bombardier records I wrote really quickly. The second Bombardier EP, um, Liminality, I wrote that. I think I wrote all those songs in like over a weekend, and then I didn't write anything new for like a year. It's just really weird how. Oh my god! Like I'll just not write, and I when I try to write a song, if I sit down and say I'm gonna write a song, I can't do it. Like I'll just be frustrated. It just kind of comes out naturally when it's meant to be. I guess is the best yeah, way to. Yeah, it's not good it. to force anything, anyways. You know, then bullcrap happens when you force things. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. Damn. It's okay. So your bombardier, then that ran its course, and then old faith happened. Yeah. So bombardier, well. So, well, there's the whole story. So, Bombardier rolled into Old Faith. So okay, okay. What happened was in 2015, I moved to Charlotte for a job, mm-hmm. and Bombardier was still a band, and we'd only still had that one EP we'd put out. And it'd done really well, so we're like, well, let's keep this going. Um, but at this time, it was just me and Josh in the band. Okay, everyone um, else, okay. Everyone yeah, else had yeah. moved away or gone to other projects or whatever they were doing. And I had moved down to Charlotte, and I had a friend that filled in on drums for us who was living in Miami. Mm-hmm. And I talked wow. talked him into moving up to Charlotte. No, you and didn't. So, yeah. <laughs> and actually, he, he, he lives in Charlotte now, and his parents and his all his family have all moved to Charlotte. They all moved then. to Charlotte? They're all in Charlotte now. Oh still my there. God. But, yeah, he came up, and so we met. I met this kid named Brody um, on Craigslist, actually. <laughs> I don't know if Craigslist has been good to me. And Brody was like, at the time, he was just, I don't even think he was 21. So he was like 20, oh. and, but he was like an old soul. He like, yeah, yeah he actually, we're all like 30 and in our third, early 30s at this point. And he just clicked, and we wrote a whole EP with Brody, and then he moved out to Washington State after uh. we put out the record. But he started a band out there called uh, Shimmer Traps, which is amazing. The record just came out, and everybody definitely should check that out. Ooh, like, I would do that? Yeah, yeah, Shimmer Traps. It's actually, I put it on our playlist here at, at work, and it's everybody seems to love it. Hell yeah. Yeah, Hell it's yeah. really cool stuff. So he's doing really cool things. I'm really happy for him. Um, but yeah, so after that, Bombardier went to a three-piece for a minute. Gotcha. And we wrote a whole EP that we never recorded. We played it live once. It's on YouTube somewhere. Ooh, I'm gonna find that. Um, yeah, that's all songs that have never been recorded um, whatsoever. It's just a whole three-piece live set. And after a couple months of that, I just kind of was like, I think I'm done with this project. I'm just. This is over. It's, yeah, it's over. And so I let it just kind of die. I even put a whole 
band's done, moving on. I wasn't planning on doing anything with music at this point. I was like, I'm, I was kind of burnt out. I felt like I was going, 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 and it wasn't really that much fun at this, at this point. It was yeah. just doing it to do it. It kind of felt robotic. Yeah. yeah. It yeah. felt robotic, and it's like, why am I doing this? Like, you know, there's not any money. It's not about money because there's no money in, a, in being in a band, really. It's yeah. just about having fun, and it's a good outlet. So when that stops being fun, it's like, why keep doing it? Jesus. So I let that chill from February, and then around August that same year, so it's been 2017, 18. These years are flying by. It's hard to lose. Like we're up the recent times now. Yeah, we're getting there. Like, yeah, my old drummer from the first Bombardier EP um, was living in Brooklyn, reached out to me. He's like, his uh, dad passed away, and he wanted to come back down for that and was like hey can I come to Charlotte and so he came to hang out and we wrote like just for fun wrote a couple songs then we're like hey let's maybe get Bombardier back together and at this point we're like well we need another guitarist and I had this really good friend Steven who was living out in Portland moved back to Virginia and I was like I always wanted to like play music with Steven but I was like I doubt he'd want to do it and I just reached out I was like hey man you want to play in uh, Bombardier and he's like oh, yeah, I love that. I thought you never asked kind of a thing. And I was like, no way. Sweet. So him and Josh live near each other. So they started driving down from Virginia to my house in Charlotte. And then David was flying in from Brooklyn. We just did like these weekend boot camps and started writing a record. Um, so we wrote this record as actually as Bombardier. And so we were shopping it around at different labels. And we found a label and they're like wanting to put the record out. And they're like, hey, um, love everything about this. But, you know, there's a real famous DJ in LA going by the name Bombardier so anytime you search Bombardier uh yeah they come up first so it's kind of hard to find you and so we were like well shit we got to do something so that's where Old Faith actually came from we had to change the name because of that other DJ out in California so I've been using the same band name for years and years no way but then when it came to like having like a label release that's why we ended up having to name it Old Faith and that was naming a band it's the hardest the thing worst thing ever ever yeah everything's taken everything's somewhere taken. yep and you gotta agree on it together and just all that crap. yeah we oh had like God. i think we had it down to three names and then at the last second someone just threw old faith into the hat and then after we settled on it and i was like this is great then i realized my the big error in that is like some really good friends of mine and i was briefly in this band or a band called old solar I was like, well, shit. And then I felt bad. They were totally cool about it, but I felt bad. I was like, so you have Old Faith and Old Solar. I was like, great. So, yeah. But Dude. that's how Old Faith came to, to Dude. be a it's, band. Hearing those names, that kind of happened. Well, Beloved kept theirs, which is putting U.S. on the end of it. But this yeah. is crazy how that happens. It's so annoying. <laughs> yeah. It's super annoying. Jesus. But I want to talk about something. I didn't prepare for this, but because I'm interested in, like, how do you shop different labels like how's that how's that process i'm sure it's different now but what i've always done is once i had the record i always did the record myself like paying for recording and mixing and mastering and Mm -hmm. so like we went out of pocket paid for a week at legitimate business for Mm -hmm. that record and then i sent it off to one of my idols uh tw walsh to uh master it and he uh he's been in like pedro the lion has solo (laughs) projects he's in a band now with David Bazan called uh, Low Tom that I just love. So it's like just to kind of like just wanted him to touch my record was kind of a cool thing. And so once we had all of that back, I had the mastered version back, I just kind of secretly would put it up on Bandcamp private and then I would just send links to every label that I thought might be interested in. Gotcha. And a few just touch base and 
reached out and started conversations and then that's how I met Josh from Refresh out of Charlotte and yeah 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 kind of struck up a few conversations we met talked yeah yeah you're good, you're good. <laughs> yeah you can tell where you, I work you need to answer it no I can hang up is that gonna yeah. ruin you yeah yeah hang it up right. yeah yeah ad break so Jacob, we're going to interrupt this interview real quick for a new game of high brew or cold brew. You down? Uh, yeah, sure. Okay. So the point of the game is to guess what I'm describing as cold brew or high brew. Make sense? Um, well, I'm not really sure what high brew is. You'll figure it out. Uh, okay. Just answer cold brew or high brew. It's pretty simple. You ready? Okay. Here's the first one. It can come with added protein. Um, cold brew? High brew. It has more antioxidants and twice the caffeine than a normal cup of coffee. Uh, high brew. High brew. It has less acid and sugar than a normal cup of coffee. Cold brew? High brew. It helps support direct trade farmers. Okay, uh, high brew. High brew. It has less environmental impact on our planet. Cold brew. High brew. So, wait, all, all the answers are just high brew. Well, yeah, this is a sponsor ad. And that concludes our game of cold brew or high brew. Proudly sponsored by, well, high brew coffee, an awesome Texas-based cold brew company dedicated to serving an elevated coffee experience. Visit www.highbrewcoffee.com and use promo code DWBREW20 for 20% off your order of a 12-pack and get cold brew that doesn't just taste better, but does better. Ship directly to your door. So when you were shopping the record around, what... I guess what labels drew you in? Did you have any some? Did you have any labels that you wanted to be on like real bad, or did you? Not really. There were just a few I, I liked what they were doing. I liked a lot of the bands on there. Yeah, like yeah. I really love Spartan Records. Yeah, like, I was wondering how you got into that. Yeah, yeah. so like I sent it Spartan, but a lot of I knew I needed to probably go with a little bit of smaller of a label because a lot of bigger labels want a band that's going to tour all the time because that's gotcha. the only way they're going to sell records is being on the road and doing all that. And we definitely weren't that band, so we knew that was our limitation. We're all older, full-time jobs. Yeah. Some of them, some of our members were married with kids. Like, so they weren't. Go, y'all, y'all yeah, we weren't in. gonna. We might. We could, we could do some weekend things and a few like a week here, but we weren't gonna be going on a long tour. It just wasn't right. gonna happen. Right. So why not stay independent? Um, at this point, I just never had like a full-on label release, so I just wanted to to just go through that process and see what that's like and see what it's like to have a label support behind you yeah. and have label mates and like that whole camaraderie. Yeah, I didn't think about that. Yeah, that makes And the sense. label mates that we had are like great bands that like I love. Like we had Echo Courts, which are kind of from this area. Oh, Echo Courts are sick. They're on our label. We played some shows with them. Uh, Cusco from Charlotte. Cusco, yes. Junior Astronomers. So sick. We had Super a, sick. So we had this amazing lineup of bands like with Refresh and like they were all different from each other, which I kind of liked. Mm-hmm. But, like, yeah, we played a big refresh birthday showcase in Charlotte, and that was a lot of fun. Damn, really? Okay. That makes yeah. sense. So that was O-Faith. Mm-hmm. Put it around and uh, kind of did it. How long did that last? Like a... I mean, O-Faith was, yeah, burned out bright. Yeah. Uh, let's see, but from the time that record came out. Which is a fantastic record. Um, so the band ended. It's probably, like, that band probably lasted about a year or so. Okay. Okay. Yeah. And that uh, version. Yeah. And it was, and like I said, that record, I'll link that to that record is phenomenal. I'll, just, I'll, I'll listen to it this morning, actually. I was like, dude, let me listen to this again. Because I think I met you during that time you were writing that mm-hmm. record. And yeah. how, how did we meet? Um, you were looking for music 
for one of your yes. projects and someone suggested that you hit me up about using some of my stuff yes which shout out to that <laughs> i don't know who it was i don't remember but yeah you you messaged me yeah. about it yeah. and i was like yeah go so ahead you, you, you know brian morganti because at the yeah. same time we were I was, I was getting stuff from dead horse too so that that was yeah, that's, that's how man that's right i do remember that yeah now. so i booked dead horse on their first tour ever that's when i was still doing some stuff like here and there but like, yeah, I booked Dead Horse and they blew my mind and I booked him two or three more times after that and always loved Brian. He's the nicest guy ever. Yeah. Every single piece of artwork almost for every project I have, even my cocktail stuff and things non-band related, I've had Brian design for me. Like he's great to work with. Like Dude. I can't recommend him highly. He's a he's a beast. Uh, he lived here in Greensboro for a little while yeah. with my, my best friend Jacob uh Actually, a bunch of my best friends actually you know, on West Market, and he was he was a an absolute animal. Yeah. I, mean, I seen him turn design so quickly. I'm like, how in the world? He was on Free Pizza actually, my other podcast, and it was he was phenomenal. So shout out to Brian if you're listening to this. Um, cool. So you had O Faith, and that kind of fizzled out. You know, shit happens. And then Agents was born kind of within the Agents was year. born out of COVID. I mean, yeah. I wasn't really even writing anything and i had a, a buddy of mine out in st louis who's like hey do you want to like kind of work on some music together it's like i just want to do something and i was like okay well what do you think and he's like i you know i'll just make some drum beats i'll just send you some some drum tracks and you just write to it and i was like all right okay so he sent me a drum track and i just sat down one day like wrote a song i was like actually i'm kind of feeling this it's like send me another one so he sent me another one and then the next thing i know i had a whole ep of songs written with just drum tracks and so i just started posting clips and stuff online and my buddy vargas reached out about playing drums and yeah shout out vargas. this guy uh, adam that i met who lives in winston is a phenomenal bass player he just Oof. randomly hit me up out of the blue and so the really? next thing i know yeah he well we had a weird connection he actually saw me play a house show in knoxville tennessee when he was in college when i was with bombardier Gotcha. So he had seen me play years and years ago. So I was, and then I randomly worked with his brother-in-law at an insurance company. So I had these two weird connections with him. So odd. But we had never really met. And so, yeah, so him and Vargas came to the house. We started, like, really fleshing out the songs with a full, like, live band. And it kind of just turned into the EP. And then we got, had plenty of time off. So I was just like, well, let's record this thing. So we hit up Legitimate Business, which where I always record at. It's the best. Yeah. I think it's the best place. Yeah, shout out to Chris. Big shout yeah. out to Chris. But you actually, and uh, I'll say this now because obviously the record's been done, you sent me uh, some rough mixes of that record, which obviously I told you a thousand times, I freaking was loved so much. Um, so was your process different in writing that than like old fake stuff? Because it's, it's yes. kind of a different sound. Yeah, so. it's a completely different take on songwriting. I would say I, I took more control over all aspects of the songs mm. in this one um it's more like it started more like a solo project and then i've turned it more to a collaborative venture but i didn't have a second guitarist for the first time so for me to work on all the guitar parts i felt like it gave it a more defined sound versus me writing and then someone else writing and hoping that it kind of syncs up i was able to kind of piece out my vision for it yes um also i've been really in a lot more shoegaze okay that makes a lot of sense listening to that new slow dive record that's a lot so i think i got a lot of sounds from i i've seen a few reviews that say like i like dipping my toe in the shoegaze waters a little more on this record which i'm glad so it's i'd say it's kind of a hybrid of like post-rock and my love for shoegaze yeah yeah it was definitely a little bit more droned out which i personally love i think there's a lot more 
feelings evoked from that type of type of sound um were there any feelings or emotions put into this record or you just kind of just wrote it just how you felt at the time i just was no i I just think it was just about me having fun again writing music like Mm -hmm. i was just having a good time and i was really feeling these songs and feeling the parts and it just it's all i write music that i want to listen to i'm not really trying to tap into an audience like i just write stuff for me and if people like it cool if not that's cool too but i'm not really out there trying to seek an audience i'm just it's mostly i guess you could say it's vanity but I write music that I want to listen to. Like I like listening to my own records. As weird yeah. as that sounds, but it's like, you should. I mean, why wouldn't you want like listen to your own records? If you don't listen listen to your own music, who yeah, else is like it, you know exactly. And yeah. so then when I'm not feeling those songs anymore, I'll probably start writing other stuff. Ah, but that makes sense. That's kind of how I uh, like I, I do it. And so right now I'm really loving these songs, and I haven't been able to play any of it live. But which is such a bummer. But I plan on it. I plan on like doing a lot of live stuff i really miss it now that it's like you can't have it you want it more yeah 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 you don't realize what you have to is gone like simply going to a show at a random bar you know i really hope this inspires people to start going out to more local shows though once that can be a thing again because Mm -hmm. i felt like it's kind of taken for granted so now that it's been gone hopefully when bands start playing again people start showing up and start supporting and maybe that'll be the good thing that comes from all this yeah absolutely and you know, I want to go back to kind of writing because obviously you wrote your parts before you met Chris and Adam. So how was it bringing them into the mix? They, obviously, they saw your vision because they're on the records. But like, how was it writing with? So those two? before we ever got in the room together, I just sent the demos, and so Chris kind of learned the drums based off the drum tracks I had, and mm. then added his own flair and tweaks to it. It's like made it more of his own, which I'm all about that. Mm-hmm. I would hate for someone to tell me to play something exactly a exactly certain way. So, yeah. yeah, it's like everybody's got their own <laughs> style. It's like, make this yours, but also yeah. fit within this sandbox that we're playing in. And same for uh, Adam, I just sent him the songs and then he started writing the bass parts before we'd ever met and sending me the songs with his bass parts added in. So I was just like blown away when I was getting those back. And then after we did all that, a couple months had passed, then we kind of got together at yeah. my house and started yeah. piecing out the songs. Dude, that's insane. So I guess the first time you met Adam was at your house when he came in, right? Yep. Came in with his bass and everything, and he had, he had the keys and stuff too, right? Yeah, so the we added keys in the studio. We didn't. Oh, that was in the studio. All the piano parts, Adam just wrote them in the studio live in the moment, pretty much. That was not, we just were like, hey, let's throw a piano on this part we talked about, and then it just turned into, let's add more piano over here, and he just, like, did it live. We just marked this old piano in the studio, and then it, like, transformed the songs, and I always wanted to do piano on stuff, so it was, like, kind of a wish list, come off checklist for me. Dude, that yeah. freaking worked then. So good. It's, I know sometimes I ask people who write a lot of music, when they add people to the mix, and it could be a little shaky or whatever, but it seemed like they added to the vision, which is... <laughs> phenomenal exactly and then like i will say like it's the first time when adam came in very collaborative but also like he's like this is your project so you just tell me what you'd like and yeah. it's like oh that's, <laughs> I, I love that that's You're really, the captain. yeah it was really cool it's like hey i just want to make your enhance your project enhance your music and you just tell me what you need for that and i'm on board because i just like it and it's fun and i'm like oh yeah yeah this is amazing how was it going you obviously had a rough mix this going and hearing the finals and the masters did it, did it turn out the way you wanted it to absolutely even more so yeah yeah, yeah. that's uh okay. that's i've also heard that before too when bands go pay all this money for studios time and masters and all that and it comes out and it's not anything like they wanted it this it sounds like a nightmare yeah you gotta kind of know what you're looking for and what you want it to sound like and like 
if you don't like something, you should speak up and try to get it right. Yeah, yeah, yeah. it's cool with Chris because I feel like I've been yeah. in the band. I've been in studios with Chris. I've been, I've been at legit biz with a lot of bands, and uh, Chris is Chris is great, man. I mean, I'm yeah. sure. Obviously, you agree for the last two records that you were. I've well, recorded every record with yeah, them. I've actually recorded with Chris now for this EP, a full length, two other EPs, and then another session I did with them where we just recorded two songs that we added to an extended edition. So I've been oh my coming to Chris since 2012. So I've got a lot of like, yeah, so I've, there's a lot of trust there. Right. Yeah, right. Which, and obviously, you built up that trust over the years, and he kind of gives you what you want. Absolutely, and this is the first time I've actually had Chris do everything, like mix, master, and record. So oh, he did, he, he mastered it too? He did all of it for this record. Dude, shout out to Chris. Yeah. So. That's amazing. Yeah. Dang, dude, I hate that we can't, I'm going to play a song at the end of this so people can, I guess, if, if they haven't already heard it, which is, you better have, you better buy it. But um, So what's the what's the future of Agents? Like, yeah, you, so right now we're working on a live show. We want to play a lot. Like, I want to play a lot once we can. So hopefully we can get out there. I know I want to go up to Virginia. I want to go to Richmond and Lynchburg and Winston and Charlotte and maybe yeah. Asheville. Just do the regional thing and yeah. play some shows with some friends and just kind of get the music out there that yeah. way. Yeah. Because yeah. I feel like that's the other half of it. It's like the record's part of it, but the live show, I feel like it's the other half of the equation. Exactly. And a band like that, like, you just, that's just a record you want to hear live. I mean, the way it is, it's just all-encompassing sound it's just so big and like I said it's very shoegazy and kind of puts you in the mood so I would love this I would love to see that live obviously I saw you play it live to get recorded but it's different than it's hearing different. the whole band sure. together so um but you so you, you want to keep it pretty local like nothing like local and regional I, I will say and I'll shout this out I w- would love to open for coastlands when they come to the East Coast again, and okay. we have had a few discussions about it. So maybe, I hope maybe that works out. Maybe we could play a couple of shows with them because yeah. they're amazing. Their new record's gonna it's gonna crush when that comes out. So yeah. that's one band. It's like I just want to play with my friends and play with bands that up yeah, for years. Well, I mean, people can still kind of support you guys by buying up Bandcamp. Oh, absolutely, streaming yeah. it or whatever. Yep. So, and dude, like, yeah, yeah, that's it. We're talking about uh, putting it out on vinyl, so we might do oh, a limited yeah. vinyl release. But I think we're going to wait till we can do some live shows. But so you can obviously get so it sold. Yeah, probably. I don't want to spend money on it and not be able to sell it live. That's kind of the the next goal. Dang, dude, I, I, I'm just I hate cover so much <laughs> because you probably would have played these some shows with this band a billion times by now, you yeah. know. But oh well, interview in start a live stream like maybe possibly. Yeah, we've entertained the idea of doing yeah. a live stream. Yeah. It's just kind of like, yeah. It's not who's the, same who's thing. the audience if people haven't really seen you or a new band? We haven't played a live show or yeah. kind of relatively unknown. So there's all of that Dude, goes into it. That makes sense, but you know, I guess it could be a possibility. But if not, please listen to the record. Um, I'm gonna play a song at the end of this. So what song do you want in here? If you have a favorite. I think for me, I mean, it goes back and forth. I had to think of the names of my own songs for a second because I haven't listened to the record in a couple weeks. And I'm like, oh, shit, what what song? It's uh, a good question. Whatever track two is, I can't think of the name of it. I'm drawing a blank. Track two. What is track two? I'm going to find it right now. Yeah. I have it literally That's right sad here. that I'm like, wait, what's Dude. The, the blurry movie. Days. Yes. Yeah, Blurry Days yep, is the one. Gaze, blurry Days. Yep, it is. Yeah, Blurry Days. I don't know why I couldn't think of the name of my own song. but Yes. So you're on Bandcamp. 
You on Spotify, you on Apple Music. Apple Music, all the usual yeah. places. Instagrams, all that stuff too? We're on Instagram, started a Facebook page just so we can like be yeah. more attached. Yeah, yeah. Like I hate I hate the the band Facebook pages, but it's kind of a necessary evil. Yeah, this yeah. is like even for I haven't made one yet for mine, but I probably should. But yeah. this is like that and Twitter. Well, Twitter's kind of give or take. You don't probably don't need to use Twitter, but um, yeah, we're not on Twitter. Yeah, <laughs> Twitter. I'm like, been retired from Twitter since like 2008. Like I just <laughs> no, I just never liked Twitter. I've never got into it. I'm like I know people still use it, but I'm like it's just not a format that I'm into. Yes, uh, fair enough. Um, but only, uh, yeah, I mean, hopefully uh, COVID will end soon. Crossing fingers. I'm going to say hopefully by the end of the year. <laughs> yeah, possibly. let's hope. Um, but, yeah, hopefully we can catch you guys within the, maybe the end of the year or next year or whatever. But if not, support them on Apple Music, Spotify, all the things. And buy the record on um, Bandcamp. Yes, and please. Like on Fridays, they do sometimes. They do like no. On Fridays, like, yeah, I think once a month or every couple of Fridays, yeah. they'll Wave artist fees, so yeah, artists get more of the money, which is great. Yeah, so do it on those days, so Andrew can uh, record more records. Yes, yes, please. <laughs> but dude, thank you for doing this. Yeah, no problem. Thanks for having me. It's fun. Of course, second musician. This is super sick. I hope I get some more and get this uh, process smoothed out. But you're a great guinea pig. Thank you, <laughs> dude. Thanks. Thanks for listening. Support the show. Buy hybrid coffee and much love. Later. <laughs>